everyone, Anne Louise Gittleman here with another episode of First Lady of Nutrition podcast. I'm the First Lady of Nutrition, and I've spent most of my 40 years looking at different ways of dealing with health. I've been rewriting the rules of nutrition and casting a light on areas such as weight loss, detoxification, and women's health. But there's one area of expertise that I've never delved into, which is autoimmune conditions. And today I have a woman who is absolutely a living legend. Dr. Walls restored her health using a diet and lifestyle program designed specifically for her brain and now pedals her bike to work each day because she was once in a wheelchair. Welcome to First Lady of Nutrition, Dr. Walls. You're certainly an example of a remarkable recovery. Oh, thank you for having me. Tell me all about your condition. Now, apparently you suffered with it with trigeminal yeah. neuralgia. So what is yes. that all about? But, but now you're no longer in a wheelchair, which is almost miraculous. Correct. How did all that happen? Well, let me tell you the story. I'm going to take you back uh, 20 years. Um, I am walking with my wife. My left leg becomes weak, uh, dragging it a hobble home. I see the neurologist who says, Terry, this could be bad or really, really bad. Now at night in bed next to Jackie, I think about my zingers the jolts of electrical face pain, the trigeminal neuralgia that had been getting relentlessly worse for 20 years, not wanting to be a burden. I'm secretly praying for a fatal diagnosis, uh, but it, it turns out I have MS. So I see the best people, I take the newest drugs, but within three years, I'm in a tilt reclined wheelchair. I take my infusions, Tizabri infusions, Celsept, nothing helps. I am too weak to sit up at my desk. I order zero gravity chairs so I can recline back with my knees higher than my nose. And I learn to let go of my future and take each day as it unfolds. My uh, face pains are relentlessly worse. Uh, they turn on, uh, you know, I'm grunting, I'm grimacing, tears are falling down my face. My 10 year old daughter hugs me and uh, that triggers more jolts of pain. Uh, it takes all my strength to not pull away for my children when they're trying to comfort me. Now, fortunately, I am a physician. Night after night, I go to PubMed, I read the basic science, and I begin experimenting on myself. And the speed of my decline slows. And then I discover a study using electrical stimulation of muscles. I ask my physical therapist if I can try that. It's called e-STEM, he lets me have a test session. It hurts bad, but when it's over, I feel great. He says it's the endorphins, and I began training with him, doing e-stim to as much pain as I can tolerate. Now, all of my physicians have told me that because I have progressive MS, functions once lost will never come back, and so I, I know recovery is not possible. But I want to slow my decline, uh, and what else could I be doing? I add daily meditation. I go back to my diet the paleo diet, and I redesign it based on all the science that I've been studying. And one month later, I am strong enough to sit up at my desk. Three months later, those horrible zingers, the trigeminal neuralgia of 27 years are gone. And five months later, I stun everyone at the hospital by walking without a cane down the uh, hallways. Wow. Uh, 
And this really changes how I think about disease and health. It will change the way I practice medicine. It changes the research that I do. Uh, I start doing clinical trials, testing my protocol and others with great success. Uh, 10 years later, I received the Linus Pauling Award uh, for my groundbreaking clinical research and patient care protocols. Uh, and now, I mean, really, it's my mission to teach clinicians how to use my protocol and to teach the public how to use my protocol. And so that's why I'm so thrilled to be here with you to help get this message out that, yes, you can have profound disability, but it's also possible to experience recovery in healing. So my question to you is, why is there so much autoimmunity today? You know, I've been in the business 40 years. I've written 37 books. I've written about diet. I've written about female issues, male issues, the environment, detoxification, parasites, you name it. But today, the most important posts that I do on Facebook all have to do with autoimmune conditions. The kinds of things that we're finding out about people are just heartbreaking. Why do you think there's so much autoimmunity that abounds beyond MS? You know, it's really multifactorial. So we have the same genes we've been that we've had for, you know, thousands of generations, but we've radically changed our environment. We've changed what we eat. We've changed our toxin exposures. We've changed our physical uh, activity routines. We've changed our sleep, our stress. And it's the accumulation of all those environmental factors that are speaking to our genes and our microbiome in very harmful ways. Uh, and so we have you know, about 25 million people with autoimmunity and another 100 million who have pain, fatigue, mental health problems, and autoantibodies, progressive damage to their organs, and are developing an autoimmune diagnosis, then after five to 10 years, a second autoimmune diagnosis, and then a third and a fourth with progressively worse uh, disability and progressively worse pain and, uh, and worse function. So we're becoming hostage to the environment. What has changed is not our body. We still have Stone Age bodies. It's an environmental shift. Absolutely. And what do you think is most toxic in the environment? I, I just wrote a book that actually deals with this. I think we're very much on the same page. So it's very gratifying to hear you. You know, um, it's accumulation of many uh, insults. We have radically changed what we're eating. Uh, and, and so we have radically changed the microbes that live in our gut and help us run the chemistry of life. That, and part of that is, you know, our, our brains are wired uh, to crave salt, to crave sugar, to crave fat, uh, to crave inactivity and comfort. And because you know, humans have learned how to create businesses and our businesses have learned how to create products that match our biologic cravings. And these products, unfortunately, are filled with compounds that feed the wrong bacteria that are not contributing to our health. So we're missing important bacteria. We have harmful bacteria uh, and of course, we are flooded with new uh, chemical structures that our ancestors would have never had to encounter. And we've changed the relationship with light, 
with the circadian rhythm, with physical activity. It's a multitude of factors. Now, with your MS, what do you think precipitated it? Okay, so, you know, I actually, I go through this in, in uh, great detail in my book, The Walls Protocol, at a really high level. Um, you know, I have the genetic vulnerability. Uh, and, and, and tell me what that genetic vulnerability was. We've got a sophisticated listening audience. Yeah, so for, and you could, you could probably pick any autoimmune condition that you might have, whether it's rheumatoid arthritis or MS or lupus psoriasis. There, we've identified about 200 to 300 different genes and slightly different for each autoimmune condition that will increase your risk. The vast of majority of people with any particular gene uh, don't get the problem. So it might increase your risk a half percent, one percent. So I have these genetic vulnerabilities. Uh, and um, well, let's say I had five genes. We, we don't know, but we'll just sort of pick an arbitrary number that five genes had increased my risk ever so slightly. I'm born vaginally, so that's good, mm. but I, I'm uh, given formula. Mm. Um, so that's instead of breast milk. So I'm not getting the right mix of lactobacillus bifidobacter uh, in my gut. Uh, I have recurrent uh, uh, um, uh, sore throat infections, ear infections, a lot of antibiotics, uh, before the age of three. And then I get um, a tonsillectomy. Those early antibiotics before the age of three shifted my microbiome towards more candida, more yeast. So now I have a leakier gut. Food proteins get into my bloodstream. And that triggers, uh, likely at a very early age, sensitivity to the uh, gluten protein uh, in, in wheat, rye, barley, many ancient grains. Uh, and so that's occurring over several years that uh, increased immune response to wheat leads to excessive cytokines or inflammation molecules in my bloodstream. And then in my brain, uh, and over time, this leads to activation of my microglia in my brain. And probably the beginning of autoimmune processes as an adolescent. Then I, I, I go off to college, to medical school. And during medical school, I am exposed to uh, more toxins. Um, you know, I, 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 well, actually, I should step back. I'm an artist before medical school, oh. a lot of oil, oil painting. So in the mm. oil painting, heavy metals, mm. cadmium, mercury, mm -hmm. lead, as, as part of the pigments in oil paints, solvents. I do uh, a lot of metal work, including soldering. So now we have lead. I go to medical school, my vitamin D levels go down. I am so thrilled to be doing gross anatomy. I am in the gross lab, making all these beautiful, beautiful drawings of the cadavers. Mm -hmm. And so my exposure to formaldehyde is probably three times that of my classmates because I am so thrilled to have the opportunity to draw cadavers. Oh my gosh. And then the, you know, the next year 
I go into my uh, clinical rotations. So more stress, less sleep, less vitamin D. And that's when my uh, trigeminal neurology begins. And then that will continue to worsen uh, for the next 27 years. And, you know, I, I, uh, high stress, not enough sleep, not enough vitamin D, uh, uh, the food sensitivity. I don't realize it that my low fat vegetarian diet filled with lots of gluten uh, and some uh, 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 cheese is contributing to my problem. The toxins stored in my fat contributing to my problem. The dysbiosis contributing to my problem. I, my face pains get worse. Then as I uh, mentioned with my initial story, uh, in 2000, I have weakness of my left leg. I, and that's when I get the diagnosis of MS. But the problems began 20 years earlier during medical school, or maybe the problems began when I'm three and I developed the leaky gut and the uh, probable candidate overgrowth. So it depends on how far you wanna go back into the processes when things began. So I have heard from many of my co cohorts and colleagues that most MS people have a very large overload of mercury. Did you find that that was an issue well, with you particularly? No, no, not really. You know, I had, I, I certainly had uh, some evidence of heavy metals, some evidence of toxins. Uh, and we don't, we don't know for sure. I, I, I did a uh, toxicology screen on myself two years into my recovery. Now I'm already biking, hiking, and being physically active. And I had, and I assume that toxic load was part of my problem. So I, I had created a, a very rigorous detox protocol. So we don't really know what my level of toxic burden would have been at my, at my nadir. Um, but, but I think it's a multifactorial uh, uh, problem. And that's been the case for most patients that I've encountered in my clinics, my clinical trials, that very rarely is it just one uh, insult. Interesting. Do you actually work with patients now? Yes, absolutely. You know, as I mentioned, you know, we, we've touched the lives of millions. We've put thousands through our uh, five-day challenges. Uh, and, and again, we, we send people through our seminar. So we absolutely have, are touching the lives of many thousands every year. I love that. Well, you're exceedingly well-known, very well-respected in the field. And Tell my listeners where, where you have these seminars. These are virtual seminars. Yeah, you know, uh, there was a time we all did in-person events. So we did them in <laughs> Iowa when we could do in-person events. Way back but in the then. La uh, this last year, we, we've converted things to virtually. And that has just been phenomenal because we could serve more people. And people from all over the globe, uh, globe could participate. Uh, and it ended up being a more intimate uh, and responsive environment because when I did things virtually, I could flip back and forth between my PowerPoint and a conversation individually with people, answering questions, uh, ended up being, uh, I think, a much more engaging event. So 
even when we go to in-person events, I know we will continue to have a virtual event as well uh, because uh, that has just been so well received and so impactful. That's, and that's so motivating for so many of my listeners all over the world. Yes. Now, if, if you were to highlight, now you at one point you were a vegetarian and then you yes. changed and then you changed into a paleo style diet. What are the major dietary approaches that you highlighted? Well, you know, um, in what I've done, uh, Dr. Gittleman, is uh, we've created a structure in the walls uh, diet plans so that if people are vegetarian for very important spiritual and religious beliefs, we've plan that works for them. We've created a plan that uh, helps the paleo have a more optimal diet because the paleo diet, as much as I like that, by no means did it fix my problems. I, I, I had declined another five years after turning uh, paleo. Uh, mm. And then we've, we've created a plan for ketogenic eaters. And we have plans for those who are willing to do fasting programs. So we uh, help people identify uh, their health issues, which plan will be most optimal for, for them and how to uh, develop a, a eating plan that will work for them and their family to get the best uh, outcomes possible. For their needs. Any particular lifestyle approaches that you find really revolutionary? Well, uh, one of the first steps we talk about uh, uh, is how important it is to get the inner aspect of your healing journey uh, more deeply understood. Uh, what And a great question uh, to begin with is, what is it that you want your health for? Mm. Uh, uh, and I, I like following up with, if your health could moderately improve, what would you like to do to celebrate that in a, in a physical way with your family, which, which might be a, a walk to the park or a little fun run, um, or you know, maybe it's, it's a dance with your son or daughter at their uh, wedding that's coming up. So it's a, it's a very personalized question uh, because we have to elicit the person's heart to be willing to go on this journey of I'm going to begin to work on my self-care routine uh, yeah, and take steps that resonate with who I am. So is the soul then, would you say, I know this is true for cancer, that sometimes the soul is out of sync with the body or people have lost their mission, they've lost their reason for living. Do you think there's a disconnect somewhere between the body, mind and spirit with these people with autoimmune issues? Well, you know, a very interesting observation uh, is that if you've had uh, more adverse childhood events, um, you have a greater vulnerability to a serious autoimmune illness uh, or a very serious health challenge. That's certainly what I've seen in my clinical trials. What I've seen in my clinics uh, is that uh, very often there is a very serious uh, adverse uh, uh, childhood events, one or more, in uh, helping the individual uh, address those issues 
uh, along with some of the other diet and self-care routines uh, uh, really can have a profound be uh, beneficial impact for that, for that individual. How do you resolve that kind of thing way, way back in childhood? Are we talking about some kind of abuse, Dr. Walls? Well, um, the, this might be uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse. It might have been that uh, there was a death in the family uh, um, that was very impactful for that young person. It might have been a physical trauma, uh, um, a, a car accident, um, uh, a, a very difficult surgery, or a health, health crisis for another family member. So there, there can be a, a number of, of potential um, uh, traumas uh, that that young person had to deal with. And so depending on the trauma, uh, it might be that um, we are uh, asking if the person's open to uh, doing talk therapy and getting a referral to a mental health professional to help them uh, work through uh, whatever issues that are still remaining from that adverse childhood event. And others have, have done a really marvelous job of addressing the adverse childhood events. And so there's not a residual problem and we're just moving on to the self-care routines. And so when it comes to self-care, is there a basic foundation that you use? You had mentioned to me offline, the meditation was important. Yeah. You know, um, so it's sort of the big buckets are, um, we have to address diet quality. Uh, that will be really important. Uh, a stress management program, a, a movement program uh, uh, will be really helpful. Uh, and uh, what I've learned over time, although it's, it's my opinion that the most important thing to do is fix the diet first and then move on to stress and movement. Uh. For, some, for some individuals though, they may not be ready to do uh, uh, food, uh, but they are really ready to do uh, the stress reduction. Uh, and so I have to work with my patients to figure out in the self-care domain, where are you ready to take action? And where that person is ready to take action is where we have them start. Because if, if I choose a area that I think is a priority, but it's not a priority to them, uh, they won't be successful. I, I can tell them, uh, given your circumstances and your story, th these are the most impactful areas to work on. But now you tell me where you're feeling like you, you're open to working. Mm. And for some folks they are like, yep, uh, they hear my message and they're like, ready to follow my advice precisely. Others will say, you know what, I just can't deal with uh, the food, but um, I, I am open to prayer and meditation. Let's start there. Mm. So would you say that the people that come to see you, mainly autoimmune issues? Yeah, uh, definitely, uh, mainly autoimmune. We certainly have a lot of folks with multiple sclerosis, with a, uh, what I call neuroimmune. So they have mental health and neurologic symptoms as part of their autoimmune disease. So they might have rheumatoid arthritis with uh, mental health issues. They might have systemic lupus with mental health issues, or they might have uh, MS. 
Uh, and so we really focus on diet and self-care routine. After you know, I've done this uh, very careful interview and assessment to figure out what are their uh, root causes. So you get to the root, we're looking at the chronic root causes of whatever their issues are. Do you deal with people that have cancer as well? As a matter of fact, yes. Uh, we've had uh, quite a number of folks uh, who've had, who have cancer or who have had cancer uh, and have come uh, to see me. Uh, and we talk with them about the diet and self-care routine that should be, in my recommendation, part of their treatment plan for their cancer. Uh, because whatever they decide to do for treating their cancer, they still have to think about how to take care of their brain and body. So on the other side, they have a brain that still works and a body that still works. Uh, and that's where my program has been so successful. Uh, and we've had, we've had people come in with metastatic cancer, terrible, terrible prognosis. Uh, and they have uh, implemented my programs along with their cancer treatment programs. And they resolve their metastatic cancers uh, and are cancer-free uh, now seven years later. So is there a particular cancer personality that you know? Is there a particular autoimmune personality? Can you make some commonalities here, connect the dots a little bit? Well, um, I, yeah, I've really not thought about, quote, personality uh, traits. Uh, I certainly see a, a wide variety of personalities that come to us with their chronic health challenges. Character traits of these people that do for others but don't do for themselves. I mean, I've heard that with the cancer personality, for example, people that don't do enough self-care but are very concerned about other people so don't have a strong immune system or don't have real good barriers, really good uh, ways of separating themselves from other people and doing what they need to do for themselves and being true to themselves. Well, um, I do think it's an interesting observation that uh, in the autoimmune world, uh, there is a uh, predominance uh, of uh, women uh, over men, and, and that varies according to the specific autoimmune diagnoses. Uh, in a part that uh, is related, no doubt, to the estrogen effect and the testosterone effect, uh, and the um, greater tolerance that we have to have for uh, foreign tissues, uh, since uh, we become pregnant and have foreign tissues in the uterus uh, growing those uh, infants, that, is, you know, so women have more autoimmune issues. Women often have self-esteem issues. We often yes. have issues where we will put the needs of our children uh, ahead of our needs. We'll put the needs of our spouse ahead of our needs. I, and uh, uh, is that a personality uh, that's common to women? Is that a personality that's common to autoimmune? There's certainly going to be uh, overlap. Wonderful overlap. Now, if there are three things people could begin doing right now from your work, what would they be? The top three things. Well, I'd say that the uh, top one is improved diet quality. 
Uh, and a great thing to start would be to eat more uh, non-starchy vegetables. Yeah, I'm very uh, keen on having people eat more greens, more uh, kale, uh, lettuce, uh, parsley, uh, these types uh, of greens in your diet. Uh, yeah, and actually, I give people the encouragement to have three cups of greens uh, uh, each day. And you can measure that raw. If you cook it down, it's hardly anything. You put it in your smoothie, it's, it's hardly anything. Uh, or a big plate full of salad. So uh, that's a great step. Uh, uh, then step uh, number two that I encourage uh, is to spend time thinking about what is it that you want your health for uh, and have a lot of clarity. Um, uh, and visualize, you know, if my health could moderately improve, what would I be doing with that? And that clarity helps people have the resolve to begin to address the uh, other diet and lifestyle interventions uh, that we teach. Uh, now you're located in Iowa, I understand. Correct. Uh, we're in Iowa, that's sort of in the middle of the United States, in, uh, farming country, I'm a farm kid. I grew up in rural Iowa milking cows uh, 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 and uh, getting to ride my horse growing up. So, oh, I love it. So you're a, you're a, you're a, a, a real, would that be a Midwesterner, my dear? Yes, yes. We grew up in the Midwest, um, a small, small uh, family farm in Iowa. I love that. I'm a city slicker. I think you can tell by my questioning and so forth. <laughs> so the question is, do you see people in person? That's what I'm trying to get at. If somebody needed to see you for an assessment in person, I know you do, do a lot visually and through the internet, but could somebody come and see you, Dr. Walls, if they desire to? Um, for the next couple of months, still no, um, because I, I still think travel is uh, difficult uh, because of the pandemic. Um, however, uh, people can reach out to us at customerservice at terrywalls.com uh, to get the little more details about the types of programs that we have to help people and when we anticipate being able to see people uh, in person again. So it seems to me from what we're discussing is that the WALS protocol is good for everybody. You're customizing a program for somebody's personal needs, their personal health issues, their needs to connect their body, mind, and spirit. You do a real assessment of the total person. Am I, am I close to uh, my on track? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, so and, and we also help them identify with the whole family because my, my preference is that this is a family intervention. Oh, wait a minute. That is really innovative. Tell me why you think that. That's so interesting to me. So it's the environment that uh, really uh, creates the health uh, for the individual. Uh, and my success at improving my diet and self-care routine will be much greater if these changes are done as a family. Uh, you know, for example, if someone has a child who, who has a major health challenge, uh, say the child has a autoimmune condition, uh, uh, MS or lupus, and if we have that child make diet and lifestyle changes, but only the child, they will fail miserably. 
But if the whole family improves their diet, the whole family begins a meditative practice and the whole family begins uh, paying more attention to walking uh, and uh, general exercise, now that child will be uh, successful. And the same is true for adults. Uh, uh, for me, if I'm changing my diet and lifestyle, if my spouse is doing that with me, uh, and we as a family, we change our eating uh, patterns together as a family, now uh, it will, I, I will be vastly more successful. I love that. So this is a real holistic integrative program you're offering. Yes, you have a, you have a, a, a team of workers, a kind of network for the WALS protocol that you Yes, use. you know, and we, we have a team of clinicians that we've trained all over uh, the globe. Um, so if you have practitioners that are listening to this, um, we have a training program that's uh, online. It's a combination of online and live taught virtually. Um, so they can learn about that at terrywalls.com forward slash certification. Oh, so that's going to be very helpful for my practitioners. Would you just repeat that information once again, Dr. Walls? Sure. terrywalls.com forward slash certification. The training is, is a combination of online uh, materials uh, and materials that are taught virtually uh, as well. Uh, um, so we, again, we have people from all over the world, uh, in a network now. Mm, I'm so impressed with what you're doing. Is there anything else you'd like to impart before we end our wonderful interview and podcast? So uh, again, if you're wanting to learn more about my program and the diet, uh, go to terrywalls.com forward slash diet, uh, to get a one page summary that you can download. Very, very good. Now, what's up for you? I know that your book was updated. I think it was last year. What's in the future for Terry Walls and family? Well, um, you know, I do clinical research. We have another study uh, that's going on right now uh, for people who've been newly diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Uh, and so that's uh, always uh, very, very exciting. Uh, and we're developing more online programs for training uh, uh, patients how they can do a better job of self-care for themselves. Well, I wanna thank you for all the wonderful work you're doing. I hope that you'll come back and update us on your future research. Absolutely. And I wanna thank all my wonderful listeners for tuning in yet once again to First Lady of Nutrition Podcast. I especially want to acknowledge my newest sponsor, CS Health who produce a very unusual activated broccoli product called Vitalica. It's something that I take on a daily basis because of the sulforaphane and I use it as an internal sunscreen. So there's some good information for all of you. So have a wonderful week, my friends. Shalom till 120, lots of love. <music>